Have you ever thought of the idea of prioritizing play as an adult? Yes, play. I think oftentimes play is associated only with children, but making play a necessity in your schedule can breathe new life into your work while helping you keep the difficult balance of work and play in check. Play and reprieve help us avoid burnout and maintain a level of creativity and inspiration that will only benefit the sustainability of our motherhood photography businesses. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today I have for you part two in this two-part series with Nancy Ray titled Work-Life Balance. If you missed part one, be sure to go and check it out. In that part, Nancy shares with us how to build and grow a team effectively in order to create the space to breathe into our businesses. In the second part of the series, Nancy and I dive into exactly how to create a happy, healthy life that enables you to feel free to step away from work in the pursuit of true, lasting joy and commitment. So now I present to you part two of Work-Life Balance and episode number 37 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Tell me about your boundaries around social media, because I know that those are pretty important to you. And I think so many people think that they can't run a business without being all in on social media these days. And so I know that you both do a great job of those boundaries and running a business. So let's talk about yours. What are your bound your boundaries around social media? Oh, this could be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> I can talk a long time about this. Here's the deal. Social media is a tool for us to use. It's not bad. It's not good. It, I mean, it can bring a lot of blessing to your life and to your business. It can also, as we all know, be very addictive and really bring you down mentally. I think it's really important to just see it for what it is and step back and understand it. It was designed to be addictive. There's this thing that someone came up with and like invented called the bottomless scroll, meaning you never run out of info and content. And that was on purpose. Even the like feature on Facebook started the hearts on Instagram and all of that was triggered. It literally was created to give your brain like a dopamine hit when you get a lot of likes. There are articles on this. I have a whole podcast episode about this. Listen, I'm telling you, it's, you can do a deep dive on social media. And I think it's really important to make sure that you keep it in its place because it can take over your life. It really can. And I've been in seasons where social media is so fun. It's like, oh, this is pressure free, especially in the early days. This is so fun. I'm connecting with my friends. You know, this is great. And then I've been in seasons where social media felt so toxic is the best word because I felt like no matter what, I kept picking up my phone and scrolling, even when I didn't want to. And then I would see things that would freak me out or make me feel bad about myself, or I would post something that I thought was good and I wouldn't get the, enough likes or whatever. Stupid. It's in, And when it gets to that toxic point, I just think it's time for a break. I think you've got to realize this is a stupid app on your phone and you can just lock it in a drawer and walk away and live life. <laughs> and sometimes it really calls for, okay, I'm a very black and white person. So sometimes I just need like a hard cutoff. And my journey with social media is like, okay, for a while I did social media free weekends and that was what I did. And then I did, you know what? I'm going to do like one week a month and then three weeks off and then one week on and three weeks off. Then I was like, nope, I'm going to do Tuesdays are my social media days. 
And then I had Benji and I was like, I'm taking six months off. See you later. I took three months off of it with the contentment challenge that I do at the beginning of this year. I feel like I'm all over the place with it because to me, I need like a healthy distance from it. I don't want my value to ever feel like I'm, it's coming from an app on a phone or what people are seeing or liking, because I realized that that all could like crumble and fall at any moment. But I also realize it's a tool and I want to steward it. Well, I want to like bless the followers that I have and make sure that if I have been given this, then I'm using it in a healthy way. And if I can't use it in a healthy way, then it's just got to go or I've got to take a break from it. So right now, all of that to say right now, I've actually hired like a marketing team to help me do all my social media. So that I don't even have to be there. So they're wonderful. And I'm working on like, they're making a whole plan for me and I just get to write and take pretty pictures and then like send it to them and they'll take care of it. And that is like so exciting for me. And then I really do have fun engaging in stories every once in a while, but I just kind of do that when I feel like it, I am not here for the algorithm. I am not here to like do what Instagram tells me to do. I just feel like it needs to keep it's like small space in my life and keep that box small and not let it overtake me. But, and I love Shanna's content too, because she teaches you how to run a business without social media. And I'll end on this thought. One of the best things that I did to really put like social media kind of in its healthy place again for me was I did a huge unfollow. I think I unfollowed like 2,500 people, I think in the last year or so. And that's been so incredibly helpful. Like if you really feel like, okay, social media needs to stay in my life, but I really, really hate it. I would just encourage you to like, be so brutal and just unfollow whoever you don't want in your feed. Like now, like just start going through because I was following like, I don't know, like 3000 people. And now I only follow like 300 something. And that has been like, Hey, I'm like, this is enjoyable. It's an enjoyable space. Again, go figure. I'm following people I want to listen to. So I think you just have, it's constantly changing and you just have to change with it. If you're planning to stay there and know like this has to stay healthy, I have to recognize it for what it is. And I have to like have solid boundaries around it. Otherwise it is designed to overtake my life and nobody wants that. It's so scary. Um, like I have a, well, I have a grown daughter and, and then I have a son that graduated last month and he is obsessed with like, it, I rarely do not see his face right. And without the phone. And I just don't know how to get through to him. And I mean, I feel like we've had like the rules and the boundaries, but he's grown now, you know, he's yeah. grown. So, but how do you, gosh, like I see it, it cannot not shape your thoughts and beliefs and feelings. And it just, and just the future of what that is doing to young people scares me. It so is much. scary stuff. I just validate that because at some point you have to let them figure it out for themselves. Like at some point you're like, you are grown up now and you have to figure this mm-hmm. out. And that's a scary place as parents. Yeah. It, I mean, it is, it's crazy. It, I was listening to a podcast episode and the psychologist was talking and he was like, if, if I could have all the world's power, he was like, that's a scary thought. Um, he was like, but if I could just do whatever I wanted on this planet, the first thing I would do is eradicate social media. And I was like, okay, that's a bold statement. And he was like, yeah, like this is a bold statement, but I'm seeing how detrimental it is to people. And I think that that bold statement kind of jarred me into like, 
Okay. I, I personally, my personal take right now is like, I just want to live a life that's so full that it, it would be okay with me if it disappeared tomorrow. Like I can live without it and I can run my business without it. Like I want to make sure that I'm putting other things in place in my life, in my business, that social media is like a very small percentage of my life, not something that is like central to my life and business, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole episode, isn't it, Nancy? <laughs> it is. I'm telling you it's, it's a can of worms. I'm telling we need to just stop there because I, we could just keep going. <laughs> oh, so Nancy, you have a book club that I have followed for a long time and something that I actually want to kick off with this podcast. So I'm excited to hear you tell me about some of your favorite business books because I just, that's all I, I mean, I'm not a, I never seem to have enough time to actually read, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And so tell me about what are some of your favorite books? Oh, I love books and I love business books so much. My number one favorite business book is Traction by Gina Wickman. It's all about the entrepreneurial operating system. And my husband told me about it a few years ago. He was like, I think you'd love this. And I was running Nancy photography and I was like, I don't know. I mean, my husband works with business owners. I'm like, that sounds pretty like corporate. I don't know if I, that applies to me. He was like, I really think that it would. And I started getting into it and I just revamped everything with Nancy photography around it. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it just helps you really move towards your goals in a really clear way, especially if you have a team, it is a wonderful book. I love the advantage by Pat Lencioni. Um, that is a great book. It's just talking about like organizational clarity and how that's so vital. Okay. One of my, this is a deep pull, but one of my favorite business books is called how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. It is old, but it is gold. I love it. Have you ever read it? You know, I'm ashamed to tell you, no, not, no, fully, that's okay. but I do Don't know about it. <laughs> I, that's good that you recognize the title. Cause I just heard you saying, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I know, I know it's great. And I do know bits and pieces about yes. it, but I don't know that I've ever fully read well, it. The thing but... is, I'm going to be honest. The title sounds kind of shallow, like how to win friends and influence people feels like some, I don't know. I feel like it could potentially be kind of like off to people, just the title itself basically like how to be popular is what it sounds like, Mm -hmm. but it's not that like, it is such, it's a great life skills book, how to communicate with people in a way that makes them feel so loved and so important. And I read that when I was in college, just starting out and I just gobbled it up and I implemented so much of that in my business through the years. I really think that's another like reason why I had so much success is it just teaches you how to care for people really well, like the people right in front of you. So it's, it's a great read. I also love the book deep work by Cal Newport. He talks all about the importance of just undistracted deep work. And then the four hour work week is always a fun one that just challenges, like, how can I make my work look different and just get out of working all the time, but like outsourcing and really creating a life that you want. That's another old one. That's like really good. Yeah, those are those are the top ones that come to mind that have pretty much had the most impact on me. So we failed to mention that you are also a homeschool mama. Yes. I too am a homeschool mama. I didn't know if you might know that, but I did of, not know that. I love it. Yeah. And so I was excited to hear that I think you announced that your next book is less business and more. It's a is it a children's book? Maybe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I feel like 
my books in my book club have kind of, they, I choose them for me in no, like that's the great. season of life that I'm in. I'm like, Hey, whoever wants to read them can read them with me. It's great. But this summer I really have wanted to read the wing feather saga series by Andrew Peterson. And that is what's next on the book club. And I'm so excited about it, honestly, because we are very big into children's fiction right now. Like our whole family is reading Narnia together. The baby has no idea what's going on, but the Chronicles of Narnia <laughs> We're on the last book and like, I just want to draw it out. Like, I just am so sad for it to be over. It's just been so beautiful. My husband and I have been reading the Harry Potter series. We've never read them ever. And I feel like I'm really late to that game, but we were kind of previewing them for the kids and we're not going to let our kids read it yet. (laughs) It's a little bit much for them and how we understand our kids, but we totally got hooked in and we're like, okay, this is we got to finish reading these is like the story has totally drawn us in, but I've heard the wing feather saga series is like really powerful because it's about a family that really links arms and fights evil together. And there's four books and we love Andrew Peterson. We're very familiar with him and his work and his, his music, but not so much his writing, but I'm so excited to read that this summer. I think it's going to be very fun. So we typically do a book club as part of homeschool. And so I'm going to suggest that for next year as well, because you said it. Yes, you totally should. And I will say, I think it gets intense from what I've heard is like ages 10 and up is probably good Mm -hmm. for the Wing Feather Saga series. But I always just like to get that little disclaimer before you're, you know, trying to read it with like a (laughs) five-year-old. Well, I know I don't have too much longer with you. So I have a few other questions that we can just get in quickly, if you don't mind. So you mentioned that your husband, Will, is um, a financial guy, works with business owners. And so this is a question we posted in our community last week about just questions that people had for upcoming episodes. And one of the questions that we got multiple times is just advice for kind of recession-proofing your photography business. Mm -hmm. And so do you have any, like any wisdom you can pass along on that? Yes, I think so. And I think it, it's interesting because when I was photographing weddings, I was like, oh, well, weddings are recession proof there. I mean, everyone's going to be getting married no matter what people will be getting married. And to an extent that's true, but we also saw that was kind of tested in COVID because a lot of people canceled weddings or rescheduled them or just brought them down to a really small size. And so I guess I guess COVID was like an example of a recession. I mean, I know that was like a pandemic, so it's not exactly the same thing, but I know what you mean. Yeah. I I think that like everyone's always still going to want photos, right? They're these timeless treasures that we're going to want. But I do think that like just making sure that you are ready and able to pivot and really keeping your ears open to what the needs are especially if a recession hits, like how can you adjust and pivot to meet those needs? One of my favorite things when COVID happened and everything was canceled and you know, no gatherings were allowed and you just, all photographers were like at a standstill, right? Because there was nothing to be done. My friend Gina offered these FaceTime photo sessions and I, I booked her for one because I was like, this is just a time in my life that I just don't want to forget. And she pivoted and like, was like, just pay what you want. And what we're going to do is we're going to FaceTime and I'm going to tell you where to put your phone. And then I'm going to tell you what to do. And she just started taking pictures. You know, there's that little button that you push like Mm -hmm. a little white button while you're FaceTiming. She did a whole photography session of me and my family just in our home. She is states away through our phone. 
And I just thought that was so creative and brilliant. And like, I paid her, I don't know, I can't even remember, but somewhere around like a hundred, 150 bucks for it, because it was like good work. It was really fun. And she just was like really creative. So I think, I think that's like the best advice I can, I can't tell you exactly what to do, but I can tell you to ask questions like, what do people really want right now? And what would they pay for it? And how could I meet them where they are? I think if you're asking those questions, especially during a recession, you'll find ways to get work and to serve people well. Because I think Mm -hmm. if you always come back to that question, how can I serve people the best? You're always going to be able to find work. Right. So from my experience, because I've been in this industry for so long, you know, when we started, Josh and I first started photography, like we, like most folks, we were shooting everything. So we were shooting commercial work. We were shooting babies first year. We were shooting seniors. We were shooting weddings. We were like, whatever pays the bills. We're shooting everything. And also we started, we're so old that we started when digital was just first a thing and everyone wasn't a photographer and photography was magic back then. And so then, you know, there was more and more and more competition through the years. And what I found was that's how we ended up in, we were known for then pretty much in the end as wedding slash baby's first year children's portraiture. Because what I found was that it was kind of recession proof. It was kind of the thing that no matter what was going on or no matter who had a cousin that was shooting senior portraits, that people were really going to pay for weddings and new babies yep. because you can't redo those things. And right. I think I've, you know, in the 20 years I've been shooting, I'm not smart enough to tell you the year there was a recession, but I think there was a recession in the midst of those 20 mm-hmm. years. Well, I don't remember that year. Do you 2008. know the 2008 was the year of the, yeah, the recession. Mm -hmm. And I think I have since told people get into the photography business because it is recession proof because people are going to find money to get married and have babies. Yes. And they're not going to let those milestones slip by without documenting them. So though, you know, they, it may change things a little bit. It was our experience that people found money for those things that were so important and you didn't have an opportunity to go back and do those. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. So it's summertime, Nancy Ray, and you are Nancy Ray work and play. So any tips for having a great summer? Because I need your help. You know how they say (laughs) that sad thing about you only have 18 summers with your children? Well, my baby boy is 18. This is my last 18th summer. And here it is June 7th as we're recording this and I don't have a plan. That is okay. So tell me how to plan some fun memories into my summer. Yes. I love this question. It's so funny that you asked this because literally today, was it today? No, yesterday, a new episode came out. That's all about how to plan your summer on my podcast. So the whole episode is like this in depth, but I'll just give you the highlights here. But I kind of would say like, Divide it into two parts. Number one, just make sure you get your like schedule all handled. Like just sit down, make sure you have all of the trips planned that you want to take. Make sure that you have all of the fun things that you want to do, like actually written in to your calendar. And then if there's any like weekly rhythms that you really want to keep as a family and like daily routine, that's like life-giving to you, make sure you kind of just hone in on those things. But that's like the planning part of it. 
And that really shouldn't take you more than like 30 minutes, which is like 30 minutes well spent to get a summer that you want, right? But the second part, after you plan your summer, I think you should get a game plan, which is less about like the times and dates of all the things that you're doing and more about how can you incorporate the really fun, good stuff of summer into this summer specifically? Like how can you really make your family culture a lot of fun? And, you know, this will be tailored to the age of your kids. My summer game plan is going to look a lot different than yours because I have four kids, eight and under. And your youngest is 18, right? No, no, I'm sorry. My firstborn is 18. I have a 10-year-old. Oh, okay, great. All right. Well, I missed that. Sorry, Kim. So, yes. So just getting like a game plan for not just your kids, like, you know, every Tuesday's pool day or, you know, we do, you can read as late as you want and you don't have a bedtime, you know, or popsicle, like one rule in our house is like unlimited popsicles. If you ever want a popsicle, just go get one. You don't even have to ask me anymore. Like just. It's fine. We're just going to keep them restocked all summer. Just building in like some game plan things that are just like fun. And they all know that these are kind of like the summer rules that are different than when school's in session. Um, but also in that, making sure that you, Kim, are planning fun things for you. So does that mean reading a fun book and making sure your feet are like in the grass while your kids are off doing something at a friend's house or they're running through the sprinkler? Like it doesn't have to be these grandiose things. It can be like small things like that. Um, One of my favorite things to do in the summer is just like lay on a towel and feel the sunshine. I don't have to be at the beach to do that. I can totally do that in my driveway. So just making sure that you're planning those fun summery things in as like step two of that process. Um, So it's not just the schedule. I mean, the schedule is important and good, but that it's also those summery fun things as well. Um, but yeah, if you want like to deep dive in that and get some good ideas, then go listen to that episode because I kind of explain more of what our summer looks like and what that looked like for me. What's the, what's your favorite, um, family vacation that you've ever taken favorite location or trip? Oh goodness. Well, growing up for me personally, this is like before I had kids, we loved going to our lake house at Lake Gaston. My parents Mm -hmm. had a lake house and they don't have it anymore, but Those were my favorite summer trips because we would just spend hours on the lake and I would go water skiing and they'd pull me in the tube and we would lay out and read books and stay up late and sleep in. That was just the best. I loved our Lake Gaston trips. Do you have a location that you've taken your kids that you've loved? Well, we're about to take them to one of our favorite spots in Boone, North Carolina. And I'm so excited because a lot of times we'll go to Boone in the fall, Mm -hmm. but my husband and I, when we were newlyweds, we lived in Boone for the first two years of our marriage. And, you know, we lived them lived there in the summer and having gone to app state, I would always go home in college, like during the summers. Mm -hmm. So I never really got to experience the mountains in the summertime, but oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Like literally next week, we are going to be taking all of our kids to Boone in the summertime. You get to hike, you get to see waterfalls, but like, it's not humid like it is in Raleigh. It's wonderful. So I'm really excited to take them to Boone in the summertime because we're just going to enjoy it so much. I know so much fun. Okay. Just a couple of like Shanna calls them rapid fire questions for you. This is, this may be maybe not so rapid fire, but what's the best advice you were ever given? 
yeah, okay, this is not even fair. There's no way I can rationalize <laughs> the best advice I've ever been given in my whole life, Kim. But this, I will say this. Okay, so you did send me this question ahead of time. And these were the words that came to my mind. So I, I can't say this is like the best advice I've ever been given. But recently we're, we're just in the throes of making a lot of big decisions. And my um, previous pastor's wife always told me, follow the peace. If you're trying to make a decision and you don't know what the Lord wants you to do, and you're not sure where you should go, just follow the peace. And that has really come back to my mind a lot in the last few months as we're trying to make decisions is just, I think the Lord gives us peace when it's the right way to go. And so just follow that. So maybe whoever's listening, maybe that's the only thing they needed from this episode is just to follow Mm -hmm. the peace. That's great advice. That's going to stick with me. Yeah. Okay. I love quotes and I end this podcast every week with a quote because that's what you do. I love it too. (laughs) So what's your favorite quote? I don't know that I have a favorite. Again, these are tall orders, Kim Box, but I will say the Abraham Lincoln quote we quoted earlier is something I have really been thinking on a lot, but for the sake of adding a new quote, Audrey Hepburn said, the most attractive accessory a girl can have is confidence. And as we enter into summer, I feel like that is just what I need to hear. It's not about getting the perfect bathing suit or having the right style or whatever is just holding my head high and walking in confidence. It's like the best and most attractive accessory we can have. Needed that too. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Audrey Hubbard. <laughs> okay. So this is kind of my signature question. So how do you define success, Nancy? Am I being obedient to the Lord and his assignment for me in this season of my life? I think that's how I define it. That's good. This has been fun, Nancy. You're such a smart lady. And I just, I feel like everyone feels like you're their friend, whether they know you or not. And I think that's a high praise for, for you. And, um, I just, I enjoy everything you do. I love your podcast. I'm lucky to, to have spent time with you and to thank you for talking to me today. And before I let you go, just tell everybody um, where they can connect with you and what resources that you might have for them. Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. I'm really grateful. Okay. So the most fresh up-to-date resource would be my podcast because I release a new episode every Tuesday. It's called work and play with Nancy Ray. I do take off January and July every year just to give myself a little breather. And then you can find me at nancyray.com. You can learn a little bit more about my courses there. One is very inexpensive contentment challenge. I think it costs like 10 or 15 bucks, but it basically tells you how to give up shopping, which is a little counterintuitive to a lot of the other courses that you'll buy today. But I lead you through how to just live a more content life for three months and give up shopping, kind of do a spending freeze. I also teach about organizing your photos, which everyone listening here probably has a pretty good handle on that. But my personal photos were a mess when I was a photographer. No, I was good. I was just thinking the cobbler, <laughs> the cobbler's children have no shoes. Right? Yes. <laughs> so true. So I created the legacy photo system because I took like two weeks and was like, I have got to get my act in order here. I am a photographer and my stuff is a mess. And so I created the legacy photo system out of that. And then I have the integrated life, which it only opens a few times a year, but it's an audio course and it is 
kind of going all the way back to the beginning of this episode, it's like life is more than just work, right? It's we are mothers. We I'm a believer, like there's faith, there's home life that we have to manage, household stuff. And then there's also work and there's a lot of things. And I think it's, I think life is meant to be lived integrated all together because that's who we are as people. And so I've got a course on just kind of how I do that in every area of my life. So nancyray.com and on Instagram at Nancy Ray. Can I ask you one more little question? Of course. What do you wish that you knew then? I didn't send you that one. So that's okay. Then as in like before, I don't know, just what, what do you, (laughs) what do you wish that you would have known then? Like when maybe at the beginning of your business or, or whatever that means to you, what, what's something you wish you would have known years ago? I think I would have wished that I had known to play a lot more and enjoy the whole process. Creating and running a business is a ton of work. It's a lot of work. And I am a three on the Enneagram and I love to achieve and I love to work, but I think the joy of entrepreneurship and running a business and growing a family and all of it is really making time and building in like play and enjoyment and joy is like a big part of it. It just makes life fun. So I think I, looking back, I just wish I had taken things less seriously and played a lot more. I love it. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Thank I you just for love you so me. much. I love you I too. Hug this it. has been so fun. I know we're giving each other a hug through the computer now. Oh, all right. Thank well, you. Have, have a great day. You too. I appreciate it so much. Nancy, I'm so grateful you took the time to chat with me for these two episodes. Your refreshing and balanced approach to life and work is an inspiration to us all. You're gracious in your delivery and tactical in your approach. What a benefit that is to the world of hustle and self-sacrifice. I hope you, our listener, walk away from this two-part series feeling empowered to step away from your business for a while and truly enjoy the fruits of your labor. You deserve to relish in the areas where you're not replaceable, like with family and friends. We all need to feel like we can step away and take a breather in order to refuel and rekindle our passion for photography. If you're looking for a way to level up your photography business, so you too can feel like you have the freedom to enjoy the time away from business, consider joining the Motherhood Anthology membership. Our doors are opening so soon for new members and we'd love to have you. Inside the membership, you get over five years of educational materials, new monthly education, and the advice and mentoring of myself, Jenny, and Allison. We want you to experience both business and personal success and the membership is one of the ways to find that. Join our email list so you're the first to hear when our doors reopen in the very near future. Go to membership.themotherhoodanthology.com to sign up today. I love this quote by George Bernard Shaw. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. So from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.